Welcome to the old and new podcast results show. I'm Mick McGrath. I'm Gibbo. Gib. Mick. Washout. Quiet week. Be a very quick show, I think, won't it? Yeah. Say so now, I've got a few reports in. Yeah, thanks for that. I've got more than usual, haven't we? Yeah. Um, Maybe because we're starting to get them out better now. Yeah, and earlier. Start with a. Uh, Vauxhall, right? <laughs> oh, Vauxhall, yeah. Uh, Lads got beat 4 0. I heard just off Ball Town. Not a good iron. Good start, gone, on it? Yeah. Um, we got beat 3 2. 2 0 up. Half time. Cruising. Could have been 4 or 5. And then we can see the shit goal. Another, another defensive error. And we just fell apart. Fell apart. Been a few. It's the third game out of six. We've been 2 0 up. And not one. Bit concerned, if I'm being honest. Head on the chopping line? Um, yeah, I think, I, I, I'm in, I think I'm in trouble, like. I'm going to be honest. Time for your lads to step up, then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm a fighter, though, I'll fight through it. So, <coughs> I'm going into the Chester League. Um, Unitor are back at the pole position of the Queensbury Sports Premier Division after goals from Leon Jones, four. Degger Taylor, Danny Whitehead and Vinny O'Toole in a 7-1 away win over Hill Rangers with Connor Hawley replying for Hill Rangers. Good win that. Flying, aren't they, the units all? Wagon and Horses stay second after a 5-2 home win over Black Horse. Goals from Billy Fennell 2, Sam Henry 2, Caleb Rose. Keeps the wagon season rolling with the Black Horse. Goals coming from Faris Baker and Adam Walker. Former leaders Blake and Youth dropped to third place after a 4-3 defeat to Hooten. Got the report. Spike manager Dave Carmen returning early from holidays to take the game. That's a lesson to Hannon there, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the report off Hannon. Blake and three, Hooten four. Massive Hooten win this week against top of the league, Blake and. We ran Raya for the first 30 minutes, going 3-0 up with goals from Lloyd Iffel getting a brace and Reggie, a Reggie wonder goal. The massive blinking crowd was silenced by the weed or the hoot, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> Blaken scored right on half time and the game was on. Blaken flew out the traps and put us under massive pressure which led to a goal straight from a throw in. We weathered the storm after the second and created a few good chances. Duckers floated a brilliant crossing which Richie Freightman scored from, which again killed the game. We managed the game well from this point and kept the ball really well until the 88th minute when some sloppy play in midfield led to a cross in the box and a penalty to Blaken. Very poor decision and a third goal. The pressure was cranked up again but we were solid and held a brilliant line for the whole eight minutes of added time, which was added scandalously by the referee. Massive win and on to shafts next week. Thanks for the report, Hannon. Big win for the boys. Yeah, they're doing well. Chester Nomads thirds gained their second win of the season, expensive hire Beb Kelmer. Thanks to an own goal and a Macaulay Slater strike. Haven't had a report, have we? What have we? From who? Kelmer? No, no report from Stu. Kelmer this week. Stu, come on mate. Even if you win or lose, send them in. Yeah. Lee Griffiths and Danny Smith were both on target for Shaftesbury Youth in their 2-1 home win over Uncorn Sports Thirds in a local derby game. It was Session Alex who came away with the bragging weights. 
after the 2 1 win over Upton JFU for goals from Ashley Reid and Mike McIntyre. Right, we go into the championship now. Groves MK. I've got we've got a we've got a report here. Right. Off Sash, I give him well, I give him it last week. If we're not putting a report in. This is an angry report this. <laughs> so Matt's report, play Groves MK1, stroke Capernaust. <laughs> Straight in. Saturday result, 3-0 loss. They started the game strong, scoring in the first five minutes after we gave them the ball on the halfway line. They hit us on the counter and scored a 25-yard bottom corner, 1-0. Ten minutes later, we give away a sloppy corner and they make it 2-0. At this point, it's starting to get competitive on and off it, with late tackles and abuse that follows. After the shaft's all-in moment, they went quiet and were put in their place. <laughs> What's an all-in moment? I don't know. Went up to our time. Continue with no teams really testing. Second half we gained more possession and went on the front foot but lacked firepower and movement up front. 15 minutes ago they killed the game with a 25-yard free kick by Liam Fitzpatrick. 3-0 it finished. However, if the MK1 manager is happy drafting players that are in that are leagues ahead of the standard then he hope, I hope he cherishes his League 2 division medal. <laughs> I'm not, Tash, I'm not reading the next bit out, mate. I'm not reading it out. Uh, you can't. No. Well, thanks for the... Um, yeah. The, keep them going, Tash. We have to go to the keep them coming in. Me and Mick enjoyed that last bit. <laughs> yeah. But for the... For your <laughs> For your own sake, we'll leave that yeah, bit out. <laughs> Crazy. Great, great Sutton stayed second after inflicting a heavy defeat on very resilient Rushmore Rangers. Reese Bridge led the way with five for Great Sutton, followed by Teddy Watts, three, Dan Lewis, two, Maddox. How scores that? Five, eight, ten, eleven, twelve. Not against Orange or no. Rushmore. Against Rossmore, 12 now. Poor Rossmore. Third place held, we went down 4 2 away to FC Dunn United, whose winner came courtesy of George Gregory 2, Tom Lane, and Nick Ball. There was a point apiece for Christleton and Port Sunlight in an 8 goal thriller at Little Heath. Christleton had a 2 0 lead at half time and needed all their wits about them to keep a resurgent Port Sunlight from taking all the points in the second half. Will Harrison, Alex West, Dan Ward. And Tom Fisher with the Christleton Marksman with Mitch Francis, Ed Morsley, George Guachen, and Mark Rand firing home for Port Sunlight. Ryan Bradley scored the only goal of the game for Hull Rovers as they leapfrog opponents Winsford Saxons in the league. Oh. Vets Division 1. This is the bit I've been waiting for. I'll just add, before we, before we go into it, when Kaga said that he sent the score and scored us through, Paul Gray messaged him back and said, this podcast going to be all about Gibbo, isn't it? Obviously, you've got to, I know I'm reading the Saturdays out, but you've got to read. This is reluctantly going to read this out, by the way. This, okay. Major Royal Vets travelled to Hooton for the most anticipated fiction in Vets football. Rumour mill was rife, <laughs> suggesting Royal Vets would not only lose, but would 
most likely be folding after a heavy defeat. Game started quite even, quite even, but Royal denied at least two blatant penalties, right? I'm going to stop there, because I was there for the first 15 minutes. Okay? Okay. They should have been one all up after 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds. He's not scoring. 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 He's not Another Teddy Cox set piece saw Lee Gibson raise highest in the box to head home a corner. Well done, pal, you scored on it. Second half and Royal 3 0 in front when Danny Edwards scored after playing a great 1 2 with Gibbo, which cut open the Hooten defence. Hooten pulled the goal back from a needless penalty, which momentarily gave them hope as they had a 10 minute spell. Then the game became the Gibbo Show <laughs> in capital letters. In capital? Yeah, in capital. <laughs> Danny Edwards, who was torturing Hooten defence, laid on the fourth goal, which Gibbo dispatched with minimum fuss. Four soon became five. Hooten defender Brunty with a misplaced pass to Gibbo on the halfway line. Gibbo strode forward and duly sat the Hooten defence down with a lovely piece of skill before. Ah, I'm not saying that. Go on, just say it. Sprinting, you, you haven't sprinted. <laughs> no, I'll give you that, I don't sprint. In capital letters. <laughs> Into the box and coolly slotted home for his hat trick. Three soon became four for Gibbo and six for the Royal. Gibbo and enticing Hooten defender Brunty into a dodgy tackle, which resulted in a penalty which Gibbo dispatched to banish the demon of missing in the Junior Cup final with the worst penalty ever. He had to throw that in, didn't he? Some observers thought Royal team was weaker. Than previous, but you can can never be weak with a squad of winners. Who knows how to compete and win football matches? We're not ready to give up our league title just yet. And breathe. <laughs> I enjoyed that. To be fair, I'd say they had more than a ten-minute spell. But because of the score, once we got the four. The bad thing was, you were the worst player when I was in. And that, that's no lie, that's about witnesses. I totally you agree were the yeah. worst player. I do not start a game well. I miscontrol my first five to ten, then grow into the game. Who should have well cleared the games when over? But, you, well, know, you know. The, you know well, well done, Cag, for um, the match reports. I like the capital letters. What I will say, do you know the mad, mad thing after the game? We go in to get changed. We get changed. We get showered. You know, you don't rush, do you? Takes me how long to get all the tape off me. Right. Then we go in the clubhouse. We're having a pint. Then the hooting lads start coming in. Polly kept them on the pitch for about half an hour after the game. Well, for the point. Just to give it to them. Well, to be honest, if we're getting beat 6-1, it happens, doesn't it? Especially when the... Well... As you say, it would have been better if we knew Rumour Mill a week before, wouldn't we? Yeah, we That we were going to fold. I don't know. That's a good rumour, Phil. Rumour gates have been flying. Right, okay. Goal scorer for. Who was Paul Cupid? Penalty, yeah. Kate Rainville of Vets enjoyed a 5 0 win over Pocket Snooker. Thanks to say from Chris McCready to Phil Jones, Mark Ryan, and Steve Hickson. No, Events Division 2. Expected better from our pocket, you know. 
Fair play to them. They offered to go in the first division. No one else would to make the numbers even. But he heard a lot of rumours that they got this lad, this lad, this lad. Has anyone else get them on mm, They haven't started great. Vets Division 2. Nags at Bimbury Vets remain top despite going 2 1 down to Tarvin. Athletic Vets, Henry Buckley hit the Nags at goal. Aston Vets travelled to Ellesmere Port Red Lion Vets and came away with 3 points after a 3 2 win. Goals coming from Johnny Wearing, Scott Chard, and Matt Edwards in. In the days of the game, Frodgen Park Vets and wins for Diamonds 2 3 0. Mark Baton, Will Beals, and Steve Salesby for Frodgen. David Garstang to Ryan Ashall for Winsford. Okay, he's just a little message here. The, the Chester, the CWFL are delighted to announce the resumption of a popular flexi midweek football on Monday, the 1st of November at Neston High School, 3G. Would have been good to work back when we played to have them Monday and Friday, but I couldn't do them now. No, I'm not allowed to have done that. I haven't been able to walk today. To be fair, Monday's hard enough as you play it Saturday, Sunday. And if you're going to pop on Sunday as well. Well, it's in a Friday, you've got a big game on a Saturday. You ain't playing on it. As I say, I went out today, I haven't been able to walk. I've been stiff as hell off that Astro. No good. Vets playing on Astro, mate. I don't think anyway. Right, gonna go to the. Um, oh, West Cheshire League. West Cheshire League. Just three points currently separate the four top clubs in the race for the West Cheshire League Division 1 title. An unbeaten leaders, Mayors Royal, continue to force the pace. At the top, got a report. They beat our reserves 3 1. Yeah. Vauxhall reserves. Vauxhall's 1, and then it's got Wildy from Jay Eaton from a pinpoint 50 yard Paul Bain ball versus Mersey Royal 3. Dominated from the off, being 3 0 up in the first 25 minutes. Goals and assists from Kieran Cartwright Penn after Sab was fouled. Willow Heather from a jab across, and Jabber from Good Work from Driscoll. They then got one back, only for us to miss a pen before our time from a handball on the line. How it's not a red, I'll never know. Second half, we then missed four headed chances from a yard out, but I won't won't name them. Name them, Glenn. Not name them, you. Man of the match, Ross Wearing. Run the show against his former club. Just keeps the pressure on the clubs behind us, ha- having to keep winning. And then he's bought PS, I wasn't pissed last week. Well, <laughs> <laughs> nah, we enjoy it, he keeps sending them in. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Keep winning as well, by the way. They're flying, mate. I, I, I've had this conversation today with a few people on the phone and stuff. I just can't see them getting beat. They've got a chance to clean up properly, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They'll, that'll be down to the manager, that though, if they can. Yeah. That's not having a go, because I'm just saying it. it when you've got so many players and you bring in new lads in. Well, there's people left out of the squad yeah, the other saying. day, and obviously we were all up there, weren't we? We were all, we were all up at Vauxhall together. Yeah, that was good to see everyone up there, to be honest. Yeah. Second place bootle, St Edmunds also boast an unbeaten record and stay firmly in contention after efforts from Mark Madden and John Howard to score the 2-1 result at Ellesmere Port. He scores every weekend. Mark Madden. Yeah. He's flying him. Why did he say he scores before? Is that to go and watch him? Well, fourth place Asheville cranked up their challenge when Tommy Johnson again. Tommy Johnson. Louis Moynes, Fylanet, and a 2 0 success at Heswell. I have a report here of Heswell. Good. Um, Robbie Matthews does it every week. Fair play to him. Nailed on Sunday night or even Monday morning. He gives us the reports. 
And what I like as well is the, the, even though they've been getting beat, they've still, still, still does them, yeah. Asheville where the visitors are getting parked on Saturday as we look to get the elusive win. We started fairly well without giving their keeper much to do, but as being our luck lately, Asheville went ahead against the run of play. We kept pushing to get a goal, but Asheville were a good side and doubled their lead. There was two bad challenges in the game and arguably both deserved red cards. Gary Jones got a yellow, but Nathan Johnson saw red for us. It didn't help us at all, but Asheville were a better team and we're continuing to get us back to winning ways. Now, did Gary Jones not get into it because it's Gary Jones? Well, Joe, innit? Aye. Or was it something different? It's opinions, though, innit? Football's opinions. Yeah. Cabernet Villa had Dom Hope on the mark, but four-fitted ground if they finished one all at Mossley Hill. Dom Kelly netted for the hosts. And then another stalemate, one all stalemate, a goal from Marshall. Alex Schlutz was negated. By a reply from Ainsley Villas, Liam Van Gelder again. Van Gelder? He's popping up again. That, that's really them gone me, keeping it. Mostly all know in here. You know my like outside bet with Andy, but. Yeah. They, they haven't been anywhere near. Chester Nomads recorded their third win of the season and were indebted to efforts from Max Carter to him and Ryan Shatburn. And an own goal for the 4 1 win against Preston Cape Reserves, who had Yazin Hussan in reply. and Despite a smart double from Conor Rankin, the goal couple capitulated 3 2 to strikes from Rain Hills, Eddie Hawthorne, Ben Don Levy, and Chris Sheen. Right. So you look at it, Royal are top 9 from 9, Bootle will play the game extra, point behind them. Only 2 2, Bootle out of the, the only points drop. No, but, but when someone's winning every, every week, week, that's a problem. You can't draw. Cape, can't Cape have drew 1 and lost 2, Asheville have lost just a 1. Actually, they're in there, like. But what I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. When a team is always winning, it just puts pressure on you. Yeah, it does. Big pressure, and that's what they're doing. Which, you know, fair play. In Division Two, Malaby spent a two-one lead given by them from Tom Black and Skipper Wade Sword before leaders. Wait. under twenty-threes. Completely turned the game on the head with four goals in in the final seventeen minutes. Ooh. Subs Alex Northover scored two Harrison Warden and Joe Shelby and the impressive Matty Chan finding an F for the visitors. Hells beat Leapfrog Livland Remick into second place, three points adrift of the leaders with a game in hand when efforts from Lee Turkington to Sonny Dean. Gaz Gerard and Connor Lindsay anchored the side five or whenever Marshall reserves. Honors were shared after the goal from West Kirby's Jalen Moore was cancelled out by reply from Liverpool Rivers, Lennon we, we well we well. While McGull Reserves celebrates the 40 win over South Liverpool Reserves. Goals from Tom Kelly two, Dan Ricketts and Jordan Dilworth. Aidan Shelton scored two for South Liverpool. Despite a goal from John McDonald Runcorn Sports. So their promotion challenge falter after they went 4-1 down to goals from Cheshire Lions, Jack Elmo to Danny Mulville and Mark Barnes. Rainford United, second win of their league campaign was confirmed that they overcame bottom club Rainhill Town Reserve 6-2. Inspired by two goal Connor Sanderson, favourite efforts from John Carter. Johnny Williams and Lewis Forshaw completed the statistics 
Jacob McCoy and Jack Barnes back for Reno. Right, I've got a report off shortly in Division 3 off Miguel. They were up a Vauxhall spot. They were they the, one, the ones on the other pitch, yeah. yeah. Um, some goals in that game, weren't they? They won 4 2, like. This is a big one. Sutton Athletic 4, Neston 2. We came into this game with the opportunity of four points clear if we managed to overcome a decent Neston side. We started off slowly and went to goal down within the first 10 minutes with a long diagonal ball going over our defender's head and the Neston striker finishing brilliantly with a first time volley. Things went, then went from bad to worse 10 minutes later as we were reduced to 10 men with Jack Proudfoot receiving a straight left and off the ball incident. This then sparked us into life and we had a few chances to equalise before Connor Doyle managed to weave his way into the Neston defence, pull it back to Sean Weaver to hammer home to make it one all. Five minutes before our time, two minutes later we went 2-1 up with Doyle putting Weaver through to lob the ball over the keeper and nod home to make it 2-1 Weaver's <laughs> Weaver front. The second half started brightly for the, for the Sut as he managed to take control of the game and had a few chances to go 3-1 up, with Conor Doyle having a shot saved by the keeper but looked to be about three yards over the line which the referee didn't give. We then did go 3-1 up, Mason Flavel raced through on goal and finished superbly past the Neston keeper. Only a few minutes after the Nest Neston went back in with, this, in with it, a superb 20 yards, 25 yard strike which left Tom Rourke with no chances of flew into the top corner. Then came five minutes of madness at the end of the game, when Neston were awarded the penalty with two minutes to go, which they duly missed by rattling the crossbar. We then went up the other end and Joe Fernio won us a penalty, which Sean Weaver stepped up and buried into the bottom corner to make it 4 2 to Sut Hattick for Weaver. Fair play. The result means we are three points clear of Pilton Royal, who was second place and played two games more, and four ahead of Bootle, who have played the same amount of games. Cheers, that, Tom. Yeah, we like that. John Skipsey netted for those poor time reserves, but still finished on the losing side when second place couldn't <coughs> will seal the 4 2 win. Got a report. Uh, Ellesmere poor time reserves 1, Putin Royal 4. Another three points for us, and our good run of form continues. This was a comfortable victory with us taking an early lead through a clean strike from Tommy Carroll, which was soon doubled when Ben Horwood pronounced Howard. <laughs> so from Ben Howitt converted from close range the third goal came before half time and it was a great team goal building out from the back before a nice slide through ball from Anto Corsa opened up the defence and was cut back by Alex Lowe for Tommy Carroll to tap home for his second of the game Ben Howitt was, was then in the right place at the right time in the box again to finish for his second of the game and give us a 4-0 lead straight after the restart. Credit to Elmere Port Reserves who dug in and worked hard for the rest of the game and were rewarded with a well taken consolation goal towards the end of the game but it was job done for us and we now climb the table into second place albeit having played more games than a few below us. Put to the bottom. Cheers lads. Keep up the good work. Thanks Tom. Right. I've had a message here. So I'm going to read out the results. Then I'm going to read the message. Okay? Okay. 
Elsewhere, doubles from Callum Morrison and Liam Owen paved the way for Pumvex reserves to beat oh, casual yeah. reserves to. I know what's coming. Right, I'm going to read this message out. Yeah, can you say who it's off? I'm not going to. He hasn't said don't, but I'm not going to just for. Alright, Mick, do us a favour, me. Can you put this out on the pod? Love the pod, by the way. Be nice to see what you and Gibbo think of this. Pilton Vicks first team, no game. Pilton Vicks reserves, have a game. At Heswell. I don't know if it was at Heswell or Vicks, I don't know. That's what you put, at Heswell. Some of the lads have been told in the reserves that they were not needed as the first team players were taking their place because there was no game. What do we do? What do we do next week? Should we turn up or not? What's your opinion? I got similar message of someone asking me opinion on it. Might be the same person. <laughs> oh, yours sounds like it's somebody who's part of the club. Mine wasn't someone who's part of the club. I'm not gonna say that. But, but what I will say is, if your clubs run as a club, unfortunately that happens. It's happened since before my time. And but not many. Clubs are runners clubs now, they're runners separate teams. Yeah, I think my opinion on it is it happens at every level of football. There's a first team and there's a reserves. The reserves is there to feed the first team. It's it's the same as if both teams are playing and there's a first team player who's injured and needs to come back or has been on the bench. I we did it on Saturday with Jack Kelly. He hadn't played much minutes for the first team, so we went and let him play for the Reserves. But the rule is he has to start. We've got that in place at the club. I know it's hard for them lads who've been left out. And it's a bad job for the reserve team manager, isn't it? It is. It's the worst job in football. I get it. And I feel for the lads who were left out. But don't throw away you not playing. I know you haven't played this weekend. Make sure you turn off your team next week because yeah. they're your teammates. Turn up, but also, run as a club properly, strive to get in that first team. Yeah. So that you're not the one missing out next time. But obviously, we, we're not part of the Vicks or any other team, are we? But like that, but I, I would hope that that was mentioned to everyone before the season started. Yeah, that that's important, isn't it? If it's been set that, out. Right, if you're. If the first team don't have a game, there's a chance that we could take the game or... But it is hard, you've worked all week, you want to play your footy. I think they've got the Cheshire Cup coming up, haven't they? So they want to keep playing and... But the main thing is, they won. Yeah. If they didn't win. Well... I've seen that, by the way. Then you're in, in for it, aren't you? Yeah. But thanks for the message and obviously that helps and that's our opinion on it. We'll keep up the other way. And that's us with the West Cheshire this week. Not much to say on this Sunday, is there? Nope. But, but before we do start, I think we do need to speak about the situation of the Birkenhead Sunday League and the Willowball Council of what happened. You've got your more in the know than me, so can you tell us what's really going on? Right, so the league have decided. They've got... There's... There's club, what, what's called club reps. <coughs> so, I know Tommy from us, Scooby from the dock, Jimmy from the rocker, these club reps, you know, the, and they rep. 
basically the question, what the, what are they going to do when it's absolutely pissing down and people have got to get changed outside? So they've come up with a plan that they'll make a decision, set a WhatsApp group, emails, and they said they'll make a decision about 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, I woke up to all this because I've been out Saturday. I didn't see all of the rain, but I believe it was horrendous, weren't it? It was. And so they made the decision to call them off. Come 11 o'clock, it's bone dry, innit? But, one of the best pitches, drainage, is shafts. Private. And that was called off as well. Maybe some games could have got called on, but the league are being proactive. That's, yeah, I, that's the big thing, isn't it? I, I, anyone listening to this, I think that we need to do something as a as a um, football community. Football community from there and somehow get a meeting. Maybe get a petition going to change the mind because it's going to get to the point where in December, come on. I'll be honest. We've had good weather. I, I, I'm not getting. I'm not going to get a change on the side of a pitch in the pissing down rain and then covered in mud, having to get in your car. Cover your mud. If you if you pick two or three people up, are you having them in your car covered in mud? No, no, no. You know, I, I think that the council needs to come out and just and you come out with this ventilation bollocks, isn't it? That's what they're saying. That they've got to test all the changing rooms for the ventilation. Well, do it then. Have you done do it? it? We've we've known since May. We all know it's bullshit. Yeah, the no, council are just looking to save money. June, that. Football was returning properly and full time. Yeah. We all knew that. The government have let it go. Can help people look at <clears throat> fucking sixty thousand people in a stadium. My forget that they're sitting in a stadium. What did they do when they go underground? Yeah. And they're the, all going for a beer. In the concourse. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So we all see the videos of them yeah. together. No, like, they don't get me wrong, they they probably have got good ventilation. Uh, but if you're, but you're touching on I tell you what I tell you what won't have good ventilation the old fucking town hall where the councillors hold the meetings yeah I just think we need to get a petition going or if anyone knows how we can do it we'll back it yeah we'll and all get together yeah. because the podcast will back it that's what we're here for you need changing rooms and you need a fucking shower the end it's of the game it's, it's dirty isn't it? there is a lot of non-babies by the way yeah and while we're, on, while we're on that subject, if you're a non-baby, get a fucking towel to football and get a shower. Doesn't matter if you've got a little dick or not. I was welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> I was welcomed into the shower. Yeah, it's fucking... That's something that wound up. But yeah, the, it's, a count, it's down to the council. The league have been proactive. The league will never have everyone backing them. No, they won't. But I thought it was the right decision this week. After seeing pictures later on. But we'll go forward. There was only four games. We've only got there's only one game we haven't got a report from. Luke's. Yeah. And it starts with them. The Luke's consolidated their position at the top of Division One in a hard fought three one win over Upton Town. It was one of only four games played on a Sunday in the Birkenhead Sunday League due to the knock on effect of COVID nineteen. All council changing facilities are not yet available. The league does not expect players and referees to get changed on the touchline in heavy rain. Allied with safeguarding and a duty of care, the league had no option other 
to postpone matches on local authority pitches. So they get their say across there, innit? Yeah. A brace from Ben Crossley and a Ben Kearney strike did the all-important damage for Luke's, with Leon Sundov replying for Upton Town. Luke's will be taking a break from league action, as they and many other clubs alike have four different cup competitions scheduled during November, and with at least one that could change the Rock Ferry outfit are now three points clear of the nearest rivals, Bushels Grange Athletic, with a superior goal difference. Rock Point are still in pole position in Division 2. They have a report. Yeah, the reports are back after Rumorgate last week. Yeah, I think Rumorgate's helped, haven't it? It has. Rock Point FC continued their 5 4 of a 6 1 win against a decent Gunhaven team. Rockpoint should have been ahead in the very first minute, but a smart point back save from their keeper denied Dale Atherton from opening his account. This was the pattern for the first half, basically attack versus defence. It wasn't long before Liam Whelan added to his 10 goals already by smashing a low drive into the bottom corner to make it 1-0. The second goal soon followed, it was, a, it was Ant Gardner running through after a great knockdown from Benno to slot it past the keeper 2-0. The confidence in Liam Whelan's game and ability is evident to see. Just before taking a corner, he shouted to Dale, what's this for a goal? And then bent the corner into the far corner of the net to double <laughs> his tally and it was 3 It was windy anywhere at West Kirby. Oh, it had been cold there. Yeah. Benham finally got on the score sheet as a superb pass from Davabo. Was well finished into the bottom corner to make it 4-0. However, his celebration got him some stick as he blew a kiss to his missus. No. Who was, who was, who was watching. To no one we're taking your bird to fuzzy. By the way, I'm not, I'm not uh, keen on that. No, you, you can let them watch, but nah, come on. I that. Blowing kisses. Oh, they took them off. <sighs> Disappointed in you. Benno. That was who was always Benno. Benno, should be embarrassed by with yourself. The second half started, and Glenavon started well and pushed rock points off their side for 20 minutes and managed to score themselves from a corner, making it 4-1. Rock, rock Point soon made it 5-1 through a substitute goalkeeper. Cameron had to go up top due to it, an injury and grabbed himself a goal. The final say of the game went to Glenhaven, but not in the way they would have wanted as Anne Gardner crossed the ball into the box and a defender buried it into the bottom corner of his own goal, 6-1. Eight from eight now in the, league, in the league and we keep pushing forward and enjoying our football in the Birkenhead League. We've got one from the other side. Oh, Phil. Another tough one to take to get today. Proper game of two halves against league leaders, Rock Point. Lads turning up two minutes before kick-off meant we never got started. 4-0 down at half-time. Won the second half, 2-1. Claiming an own goal. We can compete in this league. Need more commitment and less piss-heads. <laughs> Good luck for the season, Rock Point. Goal from Alec Weston. Man of the match, Dan Nettleton. Ref mug Tom Aldinho off. Oh, Tory puts on it. Jesus. Now this continues. It says Rock Points are still the only team with a hundred percent record in league action. On a Sunday. In the in the league, yeah. We move on. Right. He didn't play this week, so for one week only when he doesn't play. I'll read it. Free scoring, Wellington. Got a report. Okay. There is capital letters in this. Is there? Yeah, and capital words. 
Okay. Wellington FC Capital. <laughs> <laughs> Travel to MSC Eastern looking to close the gap on teams above them, one of which were MSC. Game was a bit scrappy, but Wally deserved to take the lead when Lewis Goldston on, latched on to a Harry Edbull through ball and calmly slotted home. MSC pulled goal back with a great 25 yard strike. Wally went back in front 10 minutes later when Lewis Goldston latched on to a Harry Edbull through ball and calmly slotted home. Wally went 3 1 up when Archie Manga burst forward and smashed a 25 yard screamer into the top corner. Second half saw the Wally dominate and score favour two goals. Harry Edbull was his third assist of the day, slotting the ball through to BDK to drive forward and slot home. BDK turned provider. I can't say that. <laughs> it's BDK. Turned provider for the for the fifth goal with a great cross field ball, which Corey Balak Blalak dispatched with minimum fuss. MSC sees them good, strong side, but fair results on the day. BDK capital letters. I was just going to say, so BDK gets the capitals now, Willow yeah. is not available. It's well, nice. Well, like, sorry, well, he stay undefeated and move up to second in the it's team. It's nice to see Wellington FC are still going strong when they're not Wellington FC. Yeah, well, you know, it's nice that he's give other players a chance. Yeah. No, this continues with them. Wellington have a game in hand on leaders rock points, but have dropped points earlier in the season with two draws to close rivals, JPL Jets and New Ferry Rangers, <coughs> and remain unbeaten in both league and cups. Just one game in the Premier Division took place involving league stalwarts Queen's Park, who took revenge on Corsair FC with a tremendous 3-0 success at Foxhalls on the 3G pitch. Queen's took an early lead from Harvey Sample after seven minutes after beating his marker. Corsair was slowly building their confidence up and matching Queen's and could easily have gone 2-1 ahead early in the second half with two good headed chances. One went over the bar and the second chance from Alan Ball was saved brilliantly by Queen's keeper Kieran O'Loughlin. Queen's then scored their second via Jordan Martin with an an assist from Tom Black on the 70th minute mark. Corsair went down to 10 men and with 5 minutes remaining Black played in Peter Schilling to put the game beyond doubt. And that's that. I can't really comment, I missed the first half, got up for the second half then had to go because my kids were playing. So didn't really see much of it. Good win for them. The Queens, where have they gone in the league now? Well, that's something to. He may be in a position that defies your your bet. Is that not an in over the bet, by the way? I think it will do. No ideas. I think people will uh, get involved. Just looking for the tables. I think that puts Queens up to fourth place. You know, so. Rumour Gates, have you got anything? Nothing. Oh come on, people are getting a... I did have one, I can't even remember what it was. I need to write stuff down me. But, short show this week. Yeah. Good luck everyone. You know, hopefully, Cheshire Cup weekend. We'll get more games on. Well, if it's Cheshire Cup, the league can't call the Cheshire Cup off. You can't call the, the District or the County Cup games off. But, 
if this continues, I think the council call them off themselves. Yeah, whoever's not looking good, is it? You know, but keep them coming in. Any rumours, get them in. Yeah, thank you very much.